Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Four Color Ultrasound, episode eight. Uh, this is a comic book podcast. I'm your host, Dieter, and with me is Mike. Oh, and uh, together, yeah, we just talk about comic books that we read every week. Uh, this week, we're going over comic books from the week of August, what, 7th? So if you haven't read those comics, it might do you good to either read them or just follow along. So I don't know. But we are going to spoil them. So either way, you've been warned. And uh, oh, right away, let's just get into it with uh, Justice League number 29, Jaro's Tale, a Justice Doom War prelude. Writers uh, Scott Snyder, James Tiny in the fourth, is it fourth, fifth, seventh, whatever. Uh, Art Bruno Redondo, and colors by Hi-Fi, which is always it's just one of those weird colorist names, right? Yeah. Like some of, there's like that who we had last week was like that F C O Placentia or whatever, and then there's another person I can't recall the name, but like Hi-Fi. It's just artists that change their names. It's kind of cool, I guess, because it's uh, to be like, oh, I'm a artist. Like I'm, I do the colors in the book. Oh, what's your hi-fi? They're like hi-fi colors. Colors by hi-fi. It's kind of cool. So I don't know. Uh, but anyway. but isn't hi-fi what the old radio, like an old house radio, was called? Played on the hi-fi. Back in the yeah, day. Yeah, but but that's why it's cool. I know. I just but that's the first thing I think of whenever I see hi-fi. No offense but to you know, but you know what it stands for, right? High fidelity. Yeah, so is that only sound-oriented? That's a good point. That makes sense. Okay. You're a genius, Hi-Fi. Because I know he's listening. Yeah. Or she. Yeah, you don't know. It could just be a computer. And we're just like <laughs> idiots. Cause somebody's like, no, I use the program Hi-Fi to color it ass. That would be so cool. Just an algorithm that colors by itself. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, red so Redondo, when he's doing the art, he just like puts the numbers in. And then like Hi-Fi just like sees what number like that guy wanted and he's like doo, 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 doo. or it just looks at it and does it itself just does it itself well if it's colored by number that's just that's just too easy I can write that program so is it like an AI that's what I'm saying it's like AI they fed it all like past DC content to learn from uh huh oh man <laughs> <laughs> it decides if it wants to have brush strokes if it wants it to be uh, I don't know different types of coloring techniques I just read them that's dope sorry but anyway <laughs> <laughs> moving on Ah, looking as if all roads lead to doom. In the finale of the last arc, we saw the League struggle with being able to locate the last of the three multiverse-creating brothers they believe are the only chance the Omniverse will have at defending, defeating Perpetua in what is shaping up to be the final showdown of Doom v. Justice. We also saw Martian Manhunter easily duped and assimilated by Luthor to finalize his ascent of becoming the Apex Predator. Things are not looking too good for the Justice League, with Lex needing only seven... One more of the seven universal forces needed to free Perpetua with the Anti-Monitor not wanting to be found. Can this being the, be the beginning of the end? Is there anyone in our hero's ranks that can shine a glimpse of hope towards the future? Only one way to find out, Mike. Gotta read it. I love your synopses. I think I'm going to have to post those on uh, Instagram or Twitter or something. Sell them to DC. No, they... Y- they get them if they listen. Oh, all right. Dan Didio, <laughs> listen. You can use these synopses. I'm giving you permission, even though Dita wrote them. It's more like a recap, though, like a synopsis of what happened in the last issue, I suppose. Again, leading this up, is why I only and, read. And then re- and then leading up to this episode, or issue, whatever you call it. See, I get, oh, yeah, it's good stuff. But either way, <laughs> opening this one, uh, we get a, the narrative that we've determined is 
the world forger, right? Making probably one of the worst analogies I've ever read in my entire Wait, life. Wait, the narrator of this issue? This is the narrator of every issue, right? Well, <clears throat> in other issues, this issue, this issue is not narrated by the world forger. Oh, it, it and oh, you're right. But it's they just get, well, it's this damn blank narration box that they use all the time that he's been using. Yeah, that is very frustrating. And that it doesn't like usually in comic books the dialogue there's you know you got your word balloons and your dialogue boxes and if it's a dialogue in somebody's head like a narrative mm-hmm. it's always like colored as the superhero and they have their little logo next to the first one so you know exactly who it's from and then in the running theme in these is it's well it was the world forger forever but yeah you're right i didn't even think about that it's jar oh well, yeah jar it's jar it's his, it's his tale so mm-hmm. but yeah either way jaro making the world's worst analogy I've ever heard with comparing the universe to a glass jar and it doesn't really work for me. <laughs> I read it like three times and I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't see how you can, I don't get it. But what he's saying is like, if the universe was inside a jar, there is a world that exists outside it, but that world's like really messed up and uh, everything on that planet was just made to evolve into the best thing it could be to kill everything, right? Well, it was saying no. Our world, everything was created to evolve. In the other world, there was no evolution. They were they were created, evolved. Oh, they already. Well, see, that makes even less sense to me. It's not, not supposed to make sense necessarily. It's like strange, okay. strange wild creatures emerging fully formed from its primordial ocean. So, while on conventional planets, life blooms outward. On the null world or zero world or O world, its goal was inverted. Yeah, which one is it, by the way? Because my first thing was no world, being an engineer, but because of that little, because <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a zero, like a O with a slash or a zero with a slash through. Yeah, yeah. But then star O is what they call it later. So it's like O world, and then naturally you would think if you were an accountant, you would say zero. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so. Pick your poison, I guess. So you're right. Okay, so coming out of this world is Starro. And it's they give like background because I guess he's already had many uh, origins already. I don't know. We've been reading for a few years now, at least. I mean, uh, reading everything for a few years now, and I don't. We haven't seen Starro yet. I'm not sure what Starro's. I've seen him a few. Well, a few times I've seen him as the like as they show on this one. The guy that has him on his face on the front. Mm-hmm. He's, I've seen him as that, and I've also seen him inside, like or outside on the cartoons, mm-hmm. being used that same way, and the mind control and all that stuff. Yeah. But like, I don't know if I got the whole old world thing, and then I don't know about the Star of the Conqueror looking that badass. Yeah, I've never seen throne. the Star of the Conqueror sitting there. That that actual person. It's always been a star, and he was the first one that Justice League fought. Like it's on the original cover, them fighting Star of the Conqueror. Mm. Okay. So yeah, so they just give a little background of Starro. But then it cuts to the title page, and uh, you got the uh, Legion of Doom all like around, and then Jaro dressed as a uh, up as a little Robin. I love that <laughs> Jaro. <laughs> I love his He's I like, love his comments. To see him coming is to know death. No wait, wait, wait. pain, so much pain, then death. And it's like Didn't He's, no, so bigger, he's no bigger than a batarang. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's about the same height as a batarang. And uh, so he 
he seemingly has found the Legion of Doom who the Justice League have been looking for and he's about to attack them and he and then it cuts back to uh the Hall of Justice and uh Batman What is Batman doing? I don't know, but all I can see is uh for justice you turds. Oh, it's just going yeah. Yeah, it's going back over like, you know, Hawk Hawk Girl blaming herself for Martian Manhunter uh being assimilated and then Superman's off looking for Lex and can't find him. And then it gets you just get into a huge recap of the mm-hmm. series almost from issue one, from bef- prior, like no justice. Even before issue one, they had no justice in metal. Right, so it's like yeah, this is all um, a recap of an, of uh, Snyder's entire epic here. Yeah, and then uh, it cuts back to Jaro fighting the Legion of Doom, and uh, there is a really good line in this one where because uh, Lex is like everybody's just laughing at him because he's just like a little star <laughs> making little cracks. He is wearing like a Robin costume, so he looks like. <laughs> I mean, absolutely, like, ridiculous. And so Lex Hella makes a crack on, like, you know, what you've become is laughable. And then the perfect line, and it is, like, a <laughs> Sorry, real... Sorry, I'm laughing, because I wanted to bring this up. So go oh, on. okay. But I was going to say even more so because of the... Like, in the last... In, or in uh, Snyder's other book, where I think he called out, you know, the Mar- the other Batman. Like, he called out somebody else's work of being ridiculous. This is almost like a jab at the artist. Mm-hmm that created Lex Luthor's new look, Apex Lex's look. And he says, uh, what I've become, nice redesign there. You look like the ghost of Jazzercise, three-quarter turtleneck and sleeveless. You deserve to die just for bringing that back. <laughs> and that's kind of hardcore to say. And did you ever see such a vicious look from a starfish with his eye closed like he's going to kill him? It's awesome. He is pretty mad. And the veins coming out. Like, oh, yeah, it is pretty dope. <laughs> I like it a lot. But, uh... Yeah, they make fun of his little batarang, but he reforms it into like a giant gun and, uh, you know, fights back. And then you still get, you get just a wall of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And it so is Snyder another, does best. But it all it is is recap. And right there, by the way, our question is answered, which I went back and found out where they revealed this, who the baby is. And uh, God, I feel dumb because it was issue four. He says it like plain as day. This is the turtle. He was like your first enemy. Oh, really? Yeah, it's in issue four. Go back if you go back and read issue four. I gotta find issue four and reread it. Uh, he points out that the baby is the turtle reborn three times, and he controls the still force. And so, ah, uh, maybe we guess maybe we should be reading uh, the Flash uh, year one. Yeah, I thought of that after I read that, <laughs> and I was like, "Damn, oops, should be taught." Yeah, so. So that did help. Here I am complaining about a wall of dialogue, and all it did was help there me. There you go. So. See, what I like about that, I know you're very often you've <clears throat> complained about the uh, comics that are just um, recaps, but with the Snyder book, there's so much going on and so many different stories that I really like I really like this recap. And it does slightly move it forward a little bit, too, towards the end. Well, this is the argument of, like, which maybe we'll get into later, about is it better to have a recap just at the beginning, one page dedicated to giving you a recap of what's happened up to this point versus what we got here two double page spreads of yeah dialogue wall. you know what i mean so it's like what you, that's four pages you could like move the story forward versus going backwards but you know we're not here to argue about 
Well, I guess we are actually, but <laughs> what else are we here for? Well, <laughs> I like talking about the book too. I do like it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not <laughs> saying putting it off. Like what you, like I said, it helped me out. Yeah. Shit. I figured out who the baby was and, uh, that's something I should have known, you know, 20 some odd issues ago, 23. So yeah, you get another more recap all the way up to the last arc of when they were in the sixth dimension and they got the world forger and all that stuff. And, uh, more fighting Brainiac, Cheetah, Sinestro, and then Apex Lex finally uses his little fingers, stretchy fingers. <laughs> Sorry to jump in here. <laughs> this with a star again. It's it's a little. I don't. Only, nobody's quite. If you're not if you're not reading this book, you you can't picture oh, the, a tiny yeah. starfish running around fighting the entire just uh, League League of Doom. Legion of Doom, right? And you got back, he's running around. He's hiding behind a little pole, and he says "huff huff" like he's he's breathing heavily, saying "Batman stealth." And then later, then uh, Sinestro goes, "You might try as you might, little one. You're not Batman." <laughs> Batman voice. That's right. Who am I? Tell him, Brainiac. <laughs> it just cracks me up. It's just a little starfish running around, trying to fight the Legion of Doom. It's almost as if it's not really happening. Well, I mean, yeah, almost. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's keep going. But you get to see his fingers for the first time mm-hmm. shoot out like apex. He's he's like a Martian Manhunter shape shifting, so combining the powers there, and uh, yeah, then the league shows up. Right, that's when you think Jaro's about to get his comeuppance. The league shows up, and then a big old battle ensues. And uh, I like that panel when the league shows up. All the bl- all the blacked out costumes, but except for the uh, the logos, it's a cool panel. Anyway, on which one? And that when they first show up in the double page spread, in the upper left hand corner. Oh, the yeah, right up there. I was looking at the main spread. I was like, "What's he talking about?" It's like, <laughs> "What's wrong with you, Mike?" <laughs> I think you're having like a stroke. I was like, <laughs> I, I, already, "I had already dialed nine one, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I was worried." So yeah, Dad. you're right. <laughs> yeah. It is pretty good up there. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate the uh, the approval. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so and then what Lex actually wins, right? Or no, that's just another vi- a vision within a vision. But uh, the league gets transformed and Star looks like he's failed. But what is he, he gets all super big. Instead now he's like, the, he becomes the conqueror, Star of the conqueror. And he's shooting out little stars now everywhere and he's like really sticking it to sticking it to the league more than he was prior well, but sorry but the big key you missed here was he goes uh, because he says something Jaro Watson with prior with adoration but the truth was he knew something they didn't a secret he was keeping from them because not long ago he had a vision he was given a glimpse of what's to come how could he tell them his heroes his friends basically saying they lose he had a vision that they lose do we remember do you remember that happening I remember Starman having like seven visions. Oh, that's right. He it was him and St- he, Jaro was there with him, wasn't he? Oh yeah, he was. Okay, so right. he did yeah, have the vision. The, with li- the imaginary boy, Star. Yeah, they all had this. So he was. You're right. That's right. They had that vision, and that's why this issue is what it is. Hmm. That's right. He ran away from that to go do this. Look at you, Mike. There you go. There you go. Episode eight. You're getting so good. <laughs> you're going to be hosting this. Po- oh wait, <laughs> you already do. <laughs> so, uh, but then. Right when you think, uh, you know, Star was about to murder the League, Legion of Doom, uh, Batman's like, uh, no, stop. And he rips 
jarrow or a yeah a starrow off of his face and it cuts back to the hall and so the whole time everything up until this point has been a dream or a hallucination or mind implemented mind control i guess i don't know what would you call it yeah it's he's implanting the images in their face implanted memories yeah, yeah or yeah thinking that they're actually fighting when they're not and none of that has happened and uh he's actually trying to take them back to the o world to keep them there because they'll be safe there instead of losing here like he saw and he thinks that's the best way to do it but then batman's like no that's not that's not it jaro listen i'm gonna tell you why it's all right and he ends up just uh well because he's afraid right it the whole thing is he's the whole thing is uh Jaro's afraid that they're going to lose and he doesn't want to lose them all and he's afraid of yeah, the so villain again so and, he's going to take them to their world and he, but he says no and then he's like "That's the Batman's like that's not the way to do it but he's like he ends up just giving him a hug <laughs> well Batman yeah, the whole thing is Jaro was like was going to do that because he's a, because he is a villain he's a bad guy he knows uh, this is all he knows and Batman's like no what are you trying to do is control fear and and only villains try to control what they fear heroes they embrace it shut up says Starro you don't know who I am as he cries, which is awesome. <laughs> it's a giant starfish crying, and I almost teared up while uh, reading this. But then, so Batman... Uh, oh, Batman made you feel something, are you saying? Exactly. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and so he... We'll get to that. So he he pats... It looks like he pats uh, Jarl on the eye, but I guess it's on the side there, in that uh, view. Oh, yeah, it looks like he's just about to stick him right in the eye there. He's like... Just, <laughs> But then he uh, hugs him right in your eyes. I, I, I'm gonna have to post this panel, I think, on Instagram. I want a I want a poster of that Batman hugging for... Jaro. Yeah, that is awesome. I want like a giant whoever like uh what's we said who Redondo we said who yeah Redondo whoever drew this I want like or the art the page what is it the sketch that he turns in the original artwork mm-hmm. I want that yeah you know what I think I'm gonna have to <laughs> uh, post a couple of these show these off because this is pretty awesome it's Batman hugging a giant a tiny starfish. And he's just giving him a little hug, and then and the next thing is oh, bat Superman, confused Superman, like a like a bad cartoon. I don't know, what, I don't understand what we're doing here. Tell him, says Batman, and Starro. It's simple, preparing for war. I don't know, it got me all excited. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty cool. So I think I don't know, I think Jarl's right. I think this is he is uh, Batman's favorite Robin. When was the last time you saw him hug anybody else? Yeah, you're right. When was the last time he showed emotion for anybody? Exactly. Even his son. And he's, even with him walking away with him, like on his shoulder and everything. <sighs> super badass. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's awesome. But then, uh, just when you think, you know, well, maybe things will turn out for the League, it cuts to the, what is that place called? The Legion of Doom's headquarters? Damn, I don't know. Is that what it's called? The Legion of Doom headquarters? We'll go with that. All right. So it cuts back I'm to there. To think, and got, I'm trying to think of Super Friends back at the Hall of Justice. Back at the Legion of Doom headquarters. I don't know. Yeah. It's in a swamp and all that. But anyway, it cuts back to Lex and Brainiac. And uh, Lex should know this information, but he's still talking to Brainiac like it's brand new. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. They have a piece of the original Starro. And uh, not only are they regrowing it. And why is this piece any more different than Jaro? If Jaro's a fragment of Starro. Don't think too deeply. It's our favorite uh, response because comics. Oh, okay. Well, either way, they're 
not only are they going to regrow this piece of Starro into like the original one and they'll have him as a bad guy, but even in this little piece that they have, he's connected to Jaro and they just listened. Or while Jaro was attached to everybody's face, implanting memories, they read everybody's mind and stole all the battle plans. And uh, yeah, so it ends with Lex saying, good, then we've already won. And uh, then it tells you it begins. So it's like Lex tells you it ends, but <laughs> the sell for the next issue is it begins. So I guess tune in and find out. So when you read this, good, then we've already won. We're like, oh, that's the last issue. We don't need to read anymore. Oh, wait, the war begins. I guess there's more coming. Just want to make sure you realized. But they've already won. But they already won what they were talking about. So, so either confused. way, I don't, but I don't know. Yeah, so, is this, right. so this basically turns out that Jaro, while he was trying to stop everything, is what actually caused it. It's like some time loop shenanigans here. What a jerk at the end of it, right? Oh, just when y'all starting to like the guy. <laughs> jerk. Jerk. But I mean, should poke him in the eye. Speaking of a jerk, you never want to be a jerk and, like, go ahead and never or always. No, yeah, never judge a story by its cover. You'd like to always judge a story by its cover. Dieter. Yeah. <laughs> judge a cover by its story. What'd I say? You said judge a story by its cover. Is this just a running joke? People are going to think we're doing this on purpose. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever sounds least embarrassing. Okay. (laughs) There we go. All right. Well, you wouldn't want to be a jerk and point out somebody's shortcomings every time they've made a mistake. (laughs) Well, I just want to make sure. Because if you just say judge a story by its cover, it's not ours. We can't copyright that. All right. Well, then you would always want to judge the cover by its story. There you go. All right. And that's what we're going to do this week with Justice League 29. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. You're going to do this one. Well, yeah, so the reason I wanted to talk about this one was, as I was reading this, all I could think of is this this book is basically Super Friends. It's the old school Super Friends that uh, everybody used to always make fun of. You know, like I said, you got the Legion of Doom. You've got that, you, you got even, um, like I said, the Doom headquarters is the uh, that giant ball globe thing, right? And the best part is they even talk about themselves being villains. I think have you ever had a bad guy talk about it and call themselves the bad guy? So no. I don't know. It just, <laughs> you know what I mean? It just seems ridiculous, but I love it. And so the cover is reminiscent of the old like '50s and '60s comics. You know, as crazy as it is, and so I, as I was reading this, I was wondering if the scene was actually going to happen at all in this format because the cover is a giant star on the back with all of his little hatchlings covering this, the uh, Justice League's face with the battle damaged logos that DC was all proud of. Ooh, um, yeah. They so and it, the whole the whole cover makes it seem like they're going to be fighting Starro, right? With him, with their with them, you know, attached to us, each of the Justice League members' faces. So as I was reading the whole thing, I'm like, did this really just try to entice you into reading this book and that scene's never going to happen? Right? So I figured, and I was like, well, this is okay because they're doing the 1960s thing where the cover never matched what happened inside. And that was a thing that I know people complained about and what happened all the time. And then you get to the end and it actually did sort of happen this way. So I, so the, it got me twice. So I was very, I was very happy about that. So it ruined the story for you without ruining the story for you but then in the end you were like man that cover really ruined the story for me but it was awesome but I liked it <laughs> but see it didn't ruin the story for me because I expected it to just be a fake a fake out so it faked me out by pretending to be a fake out yeah but when all is said and done you realize it did happen you can only reflect on it to be like damn it did ruin it like it, it was meant to, like 
with the information I have now, it's a it's a spoiler cover. Yeah, unless you uh, read it the way I read it, <laughs> it wasn't a spoiler. I changed it by observing it, Mike. It's like quantum physics. Oh my goodness! Okay, you ruined it. Either way, I like the cover. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but I thought it was a pretty cool cover. It's like yeah, it's like Schrodinger's cat or whatever. So Schrodinger's cat isn't that a. If a cat if, if a cat's in a box, is it? It's both a dead yeah. and alive. So I'm not sure how yes. that fits. Oh, it's no it fits. It's yeah. both spoiler, not a spoiler. So there you go. Until you observe it, until you look until at you it, observe and figure it. it out. Like I said, now we've looked at it. It's like oh, since I've read it was it, before I read it, it wasn't a spoiler. It was just a te- like you said. It might be a fake out. I don't know what it is, but then with the information of knowing that it happens in the book, you're like shit. You know, hindsight. There you so, go. I don't know. Yeah, Schrodinger's cover. Stuff. Schrodinger's cover, good there. Hashtag Schrodinger's cover. That's going to ha- that. That'll be a hashtag for it. Trust me. Boom. With no explanation. Boom. Keep hitting them. Keep hitting them. <laughs> Speaking of hashtags, that's not a very good segue into hashtag. <laughs> hashtag bad segues. <laughs> Batman seventy six. You didn't have a good segue there at all, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't have nothing set up. I tried that's to great. just go, go with the flow, but uh, yeah. Hashtag bad setups. So I have a feeling <laughs> your mention about Batman's feelings ties over to this book, our favorite book by Tom King. Yeah, this book's amazing. Batman's. Do you know how much Batman's in this issue? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> with the title being Batman, and I mean, I know we're not doing, we're not judging this story by its cover. We'd never do that. But Batman's right here. He's doing the battle damage on his cover. Like at the hands of Bane with his knee. I, Look how I that big those hands junk are. Too. I don't know what. Look how big Bane's hands are. Like, in like think how big his leg is, and then <laughs> just compare that like that arm. Like Jesus Christ, dude, that's got to be like his waist is bigger than his bicep is larger than Batman's waist. Yes, it is. In this picture, and so that's got to be what like forty-two inch biceps. It's larger than, than Batman's entire chest. Okay, so like, jeez, fifty-four inch biceps. Mm-hmm. Okay, just trying to. So his chest is probably like <laughs> seventy-four inch chest. Like, oh my god, dude, we're like, the proportions are insane. And the look at the girth of the the venom hose that's pumping into the back of his neck. Oh my god, you're right. It's got to be like it's like a fire hose of <laughs> venom. A fire hose going into the back of his neck. It's insane. Like if it, I don't know. It's that's a lot of venom, and that's why it's enough power to break the fourth wall and damage the fucking logo. Yeah, on the top sense. of the book, you know, it, only a fire hose of venom can do that. Why didn't Joel Schumacher use this bane? He kind of did. Remember, like by the time he deflated, if you that's look true. at the okay, because we, I think his bane might have even been bigger off of like the other bane, because like we've seen this bane without the venom and naked, and he was still pretty big. In more ways than one. So anyway, ayo, ayo. It's not as big as uh, I don't know Batman and Black Label. That's a different story for a different time. Oh, only if you got it in print, though. See, I missed it because I can't. And I the, got it. I read it in digital. So, as they tend to do. Either way, here we go. Batman number seventy-six, City of Bane, Part Two. Tom King, serving up them words. Uh, Tony S. Daniel in on the art. I think he did it last time, probably. And then this amazes me. Three people to color this book. 
Daniels, Sadu Flora, and Norm Repmund. That's high. See, hi-fi. One guy, one AI gets it done. This three people. No wonder they're. And there was a lot more going on in that last book in uh, Justice League. Why did it take people right. to cover this one? The color of this one? I don't know. Either way, things are getting wacky in Gotham. In the last issue, we were introduced to a city revision and transformed by the venom-fueled fist of Batman's most tenacious foe, Bane. First item of business seemingly was to re-employ all positions in the public sector to being occupied by Gotham's most notorious rogues. Worst of all, we saw the mantle of Batman was handed over to the murderous gun-toting Thomas Wayne. With Gotham Girl at his side, the dreadful duo will stop at nothing to ensure Bane's vision of a Gotham perfected. Luckily, all hope isn't lost, as we saw Bruce make it out of the pit where his father surely believed he was left for dead, and journey from the desert to the mountains for a reunion 26 issues in the making. Now that all the world's heroes are unable to cross Gotham's borders without the blood of Alfred staining their hands, it's up to Cat and Bat to set everything back to the status quo. What other possible horrors await us in this bizarre version of Gotham reimagined? Like Batman's back every time Bane's around, let's crack this one open and find out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I like that. See, I, I got to make the issue better. By making... <laughs> I hype myself that up makes, for this. That makes me love this issue now. I know. What are we going to find? Like, what's going to happen? We got to know. That's why I come back every goddamn week. But uh, hoping something will happen. <laughs> like, like all this side titty on the first page. Jesus. Very pointy, huh. too. Tony S. Daniels serving it up right away. Just like, here's a full page spread of Catwoman. <laughs> like with an enormous side boob with like an armpit cut out. So you just get like the third exposed as well. well I don't well, know. Joel, like, well, Joel would... Jones created this costume. Oh, okay. And I, heard, I had read something where she said, she's like, she when she drew the whole thing, she's like, yeah, I did the gloves and the armpit because uh, I needed to break custom up a bit. That's basically what she said. I don't get the armpit window. It's I don't really get the weird. armpit window. And the gloves, anyway. the gloves either. It's not very practical. You'd think as she's fighting or something, like gloves keep falling off and she has to go grab them, put them back on. Well, at least her face is more covered up than Gotham Girls, who, like, I don't know why she bothers to wear it. We'll get to that later on. But, or it's the next <laughs> That's page. That's pretty standard. Like, it. all the Robins are that way. No. This, oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. It's the next page. All right. Like, look at, there is nothing there. I mean, there's no point whatsoever. <laughs> it's, it's eyeliner. But then again, she's not really going, she's not hiding herself, right? So it is That's just true. like to, oh, she's yeah, not out. Whenever there. my wife my wife puts eyeliner on, it does take me a minute to realize who she is. You're like, who the? Oh, <laughs> who are you? Oh, oh that's right. Uh -huh. Yes, hon. Whoa, I'm married to somebody hot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> damn. damn. Oh, oh wait, no wait, keep doing that. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, and then this is what's it? Who is this guy again? It's Captain Adam. It's Captain Adam, yes, because he's been around a lot lately, so we all know exactly what he's doing here. Well, if you read Deceased 4, you would have seen some That's more true. Captain. He was in that too, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, two issues. We don't go over that issue. We don't go over that episode. issue at all. But You can go pick it up yourself. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's it's but excellent. He's also I'm, I really like want, it. A lot better than, a lot more want, than this. Sorry, Tom. You get more Captain Adam fix. You can go over and read Deceased 4. But in this, he's showing up, and he's trying to cross into Gotham as... In the last issue, Bane requested that's like from you know Luthor, like no, I'm not involved in your villain gifts and offers. I'm just controlling Gotham here because it's the one thing Batman couldn't do was control Gotham, even though Batman was never trying to control Gotham. Whatever. So Adam's trying to break in, like I need to take care of this, but Gotham Girl just you know 
punches him super hard, breaks his jaw. So when did Gotham Girl become more powerful than Superman? And I think that was always from the get her. Remember, her brother t- almost defeated the entire Justice League before killing himself. Yeah, as they mentioned in this, right? Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. They they were they were really powerful, and it's they also bring up like I said I've mentioned a million times since they brought it up the first time. I was like, is she still dying from her powers? And they do bring that up again. And supposedly she is. So. <laughs> but they just brought it up so because people keep asking. Oh yeah, weren't they supposed to? Be, isn't she supposed to be dying? Yeah. How come she isn't? Well, I don't know. Just move on. <laughs> so from happening. her, from her just punching a superhero, we get to more. It just cuts over now. It's Kite Man, Scarecrow, and Tweedledee and Tweedledum, and uh, they're trying to just get out of somewhere, right? And then get Tweedle. One of the Tweedles gets shot. So that's the arrival of. Uh, Thomas Wayne. And you said there's no Batman in this. So there's Batman. That's not Batman. He's Batman now. That's, That's the point, not right? Batman. No. He should have been on the cover, though. It should have been a cover of him and Gotham Girl. How would the damage happen, though? You wouldn't have your fire hose of venom. That's true. Yeah. So, you know, cutting back and forth between that great. Just, oh, yeah, I love superheroes fighting each other. So. Oh, interesting enough. Catwoman's mask is completely gone. Yeah, and it's not even folded up. Like, does she fold it up underneath? I can't see. That's like, yeah, when you cut to this page, she doesn't have, like, a full cowl anymore. She has just her full exposure face. And I love how she decided to take that part of her mask off before she got home. Yeah, and she still uses the secret entrance, though. So if somebody saw her going in through the top of the roof, they'd be like, hey, that's Selena Kyle. <laughs> hey, Selena. How's it going? Why is she dressed? Why is she cosplaying as Catwoman? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nice side titty until you like go into the apartment. It go it magically gets covered up in that middle panel. It was the, the three colorists. One of them got confused. Somebody colored it in. They're like, shit. shit. <laughs> why is her armpit showing coming in this panel? And they colored it in. You're right. And then he fired that person. That's why I got three of them. Hmm. I like that theory. We'll stick with that. And then they're in the kite quarters. Oh, you get those good old yucks from Tom King. Yeah, that's he's always going back to the kite man well. Yeah. For his comedy. And then uh, I just hope we get a hell yeah later on. So. Uh, they're So it's... Yeah, they're just discussing what... They're too scared to get out of there. They're scared. To, they're just... Why are they even villains? And then it's cutting back to Captain Atom. Or was it Captain Atom? Captain Atom, yeah. Yeah. And then him and... Uh, that's Damien, right? Or is that Tim? That's Tim. No hood. Okay. Yeah, it took okay. me a minute. I'm sitting here looking at trying to figure out which one it is, but there's no hood, so it's got to be Damien. You mean Tim? Sorry, it's gotta be Tim because there's no hood. Okay, and uh, what? Is, that's just where he's going over how he got the shit kicked out of him, trying to get in there, trying to save people. How it's not right mm-hmm. that nobody's trying to help out. Tim's just listening, and it cuts back to uh, look. At this is it goes back to Catwoman talking to an unconscious Bruce Wayne, which doesn't count as Batman, by the way. And uh, <laughs> this is the. You know, Tom King is to insert his popular culture into his pop culture into the book. Well, old pop culture, whatever. Whatever he wants. His little old story here. It's this time it's a piece of art. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, she and don't know what the point of it is. It's Every makes a, every issue seems to have to have something. Because I, I was going to say earlier, at least this one doesn't have the story going through the whole thing of, you know, some famous story or some old story that ties into the book somehow. They're not doing that the whole thing, but they're doing the bad jumping back and forth, the jarring jump it back is, and forth. It's like, 
every other page is like between the two stories and it all there's like nothing really ha- it's either giving you information you already knew like the captain adam and tim like that's two pages of well three if you count with him getting his ass kicked that's like half of the book so far that they already explained in the last issue that there's no heroes are allowed to come in or gotham girls going to kick your ass and it's like okay we said in the last issue now we're going to show it to you in this one <laughs> and it's like well who cares i believed you like Anyway, and then, yeah, oh, and Batman's kicking everybody's ass, and then Captain Adam reassures it, and you think, oh, and then it's, then Damien shows up. Yeah, Damien's talking Tim, to Tim on the roof. Thinking that they can get in, but then they're like, no, Alfred's going to die. So, you know, but everybody else will. If we, so it's like Alfred versus the population of Gotham. Always is. When, like, Alfred's already dead in another book. So, you know. Since he took our city and broke our father. Oh, he broke his back. But he where were they when mind. all this was going on? When Batman was getting his ass kicked? Like, neither well, of these guys were around. Well, no, they didn't believe him, remember? Oh, that's right. He, yeah, call- yeah, he yeah. called them all to go to Arkham. Because he was like, Bane's running Arkham. Yeah. And they're like, no, he's not Bruce. And he's like, let's go see. And then, see, that's what I mean. Like, Batman, they still think, like... Well, no, I guess they're like, oh, shit. I guess <laughs> we Bruce were wrong. was right. I forgot all that. But I guess the point of the painting was uh, Catwoman. So she was like, oh, she's still stealing shit. But you know what? If, hey, Bruce, if you wake up and make the story interesting, you know, I'll stop stealing stuff. Is that all she's talking about? Just that no, one well, painting? She said, well, she had to sell the painting oh, to, like, to survive for the two of them. To keep hiding them. Yeah. It costs a lot of money. To, even though, don't you think... The more money you spend, the bigger the paper trail, the easier to find. So it's like, why does more money, like harder to find, equal more money? That makes no sense. I thought it was like the bigger paper. Well, I guess not, because Bruce Wayne leaves like the biggest paper trail in the world for Batman. Nobody's figured that out yet. Yeah. But then, yeah, but we get our second book in a row that ends with uh, them claiming, the bad guys claiming that they've already won before the battles even started. You got Thomas Wayne Batman and Gotham Girl up on a gargoyle saying, like, nobody's nobody's calling for help. Nobody's doing nothing. Everything's quiet. So we've already won. Yeah, so they've won. So, yeah, another book that you don't have to continue reading for, like, six or seven issues because bad guys win. <laughs> but isn't that why you want to read? Will the bad guys continue winning? It's the year of the villain. Of course they will. I don't know. I, this story's not terrible. So many people love it. There's got to be something I'm missing. Like I said, this issue is not that bad. No, you could have started. But, this doesn't have to be issue 76. This could be issue one. Yeah. Well, issue five. It's both issue five. Okay. It could be issue five. And they could have done all That's that by then. You already knew Catwoman had feelings for Bruce Wayne. You wouldn't question it. You didn't need them to almost get married. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I think I think you're right. That's what it is. It's not just, and it doesn't bother me when stories are slow, but there's just something about this entire thing. A lot of it made no sense. And not only was it slow, it was too much of them just standing around bat cat cat bat. And then, you know, the uh the whole boat thing versus the street thing. It's like, okay, I get it. And that's kind of a cool reference, but it was like it's, 700 wacky ideas introduced and then at some point around 50 it was turned into and Bane did it all. Yeah. Everything 
all these loose threads, everything you've been questioning about who's doing what and why, it's all because Bane just wants to make Batman crazy. He wants to break him more than just breaking his bones, wants to break his mind, wants him to be nothing, to give up being Batman. And it's like you needed 76 issues to get to that when it's like I don't even feel like Batman. As sad and mopey as Batman is, it doesn't even seem like he wants to give up yet because he's still, he, from, I guess, from the desert to the mountains, do you know how far that was probably to walk? Mm-hmm. And he did it like, and then he got hit with a stick over the head. I mean, and then cut on. his store cut. Yeah. So, of course, he wants to keep being Batman. He's like, he's not really broken yet, but, uh, you know, they've won. And, and then the other thing, Catwoman broke up with him and left. I can't be with you all this. And now suddenly she's back. And we're not even going to, like, are they going to, I guess they'll talk about it later. But why is she back here? Just because well, she, Batman's dead or dying? Well, and she left because what? Because if Bat, if Bruce Wayne became happy, then he couldn't be Batman, right? Yeah. Okay. So. I don't know. He's not happy because he's unconscious. And like I said, no Batman in this book. So there you go. Boom. How does that make you feel? Wonderful. Ten issues left, and then the Bat Cat book. He's finishing the story in Batman Catwoman. I don't. I don't think I want to read that. You have to. You have to see how it ends. No, I want to. I can keep reading Batman. <laughs> Whoever the new Batman is, right? Like I'll just read Batman proper. I don't need to read any other Tom King Batman nonsense. <laughs> That's not Batman. The only reason why I read it now is because it's Batman. <laughs> I don't want to stop reading <laughs> that title. Read Batman, so there you go. I want to be like, I read Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now it's terrible, but someday it'll be good again. Yeah, they still haven't announced who's replacing him. I'm excited to hear that. So, But I wonder if there's going to be a bunch of like fill-in issues. It'll be Scott Snyder. Oh, that'd be awesome. If I had one chance to come back onto Batman and redo... <laughs> redo another story. This chance. is the story he would do, for sure. <laughs> Speaking of redemption... Deathstroke. 46. Now that's Seven not door- Al Damage cover, anyway. Are you... What? Sorry. I'm looking at the Deathstroke name. It's supposed to be the Battle Damage logos. It's not Battle it's Damage. Ba- it's just It's there. totally... Fa- it's falling out of the sky. What are you talking about? Because of the battle? It's because of telepathy. Oh, all right. So there you go. That works. You got to get into the issue to figure... Look, all their eyes are glowing. For <gasps> He's controlling everybody. Like, the entire world. And he blew himself. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We'll, we'll get into that. Best though. reference ever. I, didn't, I should have thought of that when I was reading this. How did I we'll not? Get, it's because there weren't blue marks all over the walls. I didn't think yeah. of it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Deathstroke number 46. <laughs> I love that the, show. But anyway. The Seven Doors of Deathstroke. Or no, The Seven Doors, Deathstroke, RIP, book two. Written by Priest, drawn by Fernando Serin. And colored by Jer- Jeremy Cox. Is it just any priest? They <laughs> just go randomly grab a priest to write the story? Yeah, he doesn't have a last or first name. He's just priest. He's like Madonna, but priest. That's Christopher Priest, isn't it? But it doesn't go by that. I though, thought he used to. It? Am I wrong? He used to, but if you look at the title, the page inside even, yeah. it just says priest story. Was it for it this was, entire yeah. series? Was it just priest? Yeah, since number one. Yeah. Oh, geez, I did not know that. I had to go back and look because when we started doing this, I was writing down names like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, what was his first name? And I was like, I couldn't find it in any of the books. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. And then I had to look it up. But then like, he's like, it just seems like he goes by priest. So 
good stuff. You learn something new every night. Uh, with the murder of Deathstroke, emotions of those closest to him are running high. Guilt, pride, anger, and confusion being the new norm. As Rose took up her father's persona to carry out the carry out his final contract, she may have uh, she was met by high family drama as her father's killer's mother stops by to tell Zai that her own brother had a hand in Slade's undoing. Will Luther's gift to Jericho be enough to stop him or to stop Rose from getting revenge on Red Arrow? Is Rose our new Deathstroke or will Shadow make sure his legacy stays dead with him? Best way to find out. Uh, reading it, of course. So, yeah. Not much happened in the last issue. It's just more uh, people being angry that Deathstroke was dead, right? Mm hmm. So, yeah. And then, so the, well, the gift. The gift that was to Death or to Jericho. To Jericho, we'll yep. find. Yeah, we'll f talk about that in a minute as well. But it starts with uh, Red Arrow being, you know, kind of... Looks like she's in the Matrix, I suppose. But all her arrows are broken. Her bow is broken. And she looks to be in a bit of pain. And she has Jericho talking in her head. Saying that he's keeping her prisoner. Uh, while he uh, tries to save his sister. Because she thinks... What? He thinks Rose is going after her? Yep. Yeah, he thinks yeah. Rose is killing her because Shadow told Rose. So as long as Rose can't find her, then they're both safe. Yes. So yeah. Okay, so yeah. And then you find out uh, about the transformation. As See, Lex Luthor shows up and says, like, all right, Deathstroke is dead. We planned on using him, but since he's dead, we'll just use you. Mm -hmm. So here's a gift that's going to enhance all your shit. So it was made for Deathstroke, who was already at the top of his game, which they go over in this. Like, there was no, like, they were saying he was already telepathic, right? Deathstroke? He just didn't use it? No, he said he would have been telepathic. No, no. Deathstroke, they already talked. Deathstroke's already as good as it gets, right? Well, Even, you're going back to that part where he talked about the brain? And towards the end? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he says it, it, it cracks me up because he says you're silly. If, if he could access ninety percent of his brain, he'd be a telepath, which cracks me up because this is ridiculous. It's been speculated your father can access ninety percent of his brain function, which is of course ridiculous. Then he goes on, if he could, he'd be a telepath. So that means he doesn't use ninety percent. He doesn't use telepath. No, I think it was. I thought it was hinting at like who's well, who's saying he wasn't. Hmm. Cause that well, the one scientist is saying like, like, who's denying it? You know what I mean? It's not denying it right out. So you're saying he says if he could access ninety percent of his brain, he'd be a telepath. You're saying he actually is. Where but is he's not? Yeah. Hmm. What part is that in? That was at during the, uh, de um, Jericho's hallucination here. Oh yeah. He's with that that scientist. He got his throat slit and he's hanging upside down. I don't know what page it is. I mean, it's uh, 20, says, I guess. Death, Deathstroke's superpower is not rapid healing or enhanced strength. That was from the suit. His true mutagenic power is actually the evolved mind, which enables those attributes. It's been speculated your father can access 90% of his brain function, which, of course, is ridiculous. So he's saying he's using, like, 75 of his brain function, 75% of his brain function, which allows rapid healing and enhanced strength. I just threw out 75, but it's something less than 90. But either way, it was confusing to me that he's giving tech to Jericho that was made for Deathstroke, but it's just going to work just the same. Yep. So, and that's the tech that, I, like I said, he blew. <laughs> he, a, he blew himself because he it turns himself. him into, it turns him into a Smurf. 
That's part of the side effects, I guess. So he doesn't need the icon suit anymore. Basically, his icon suit has been integrated into his body, and all the powers that it had, he just has now. And he's like ever growing, or like they're also rapidly growing. And then he's using his mom and uh, Wintergreen to still find uh, Rose, who's still posing as Deathstroke, and she's setting up to do a hit. And uh, just like last issue, Shadow shows up, but you think uh, Rose gets the drop on her because now she's actually dressed up as her other persona, right? Mm-hmm. Zai, the crazy. And if you go back a few issues, talks about her old alter persona, alter ego. But uh, they start doing a battle, and all you get is just like, you know, spread crotches and, <laughs> you know unrealistic like angles of the human body for a couple pages. It's really weird. Like they just show up as like eye candy. It really does nothing to move the story forward. It is just the same stuff from before. Like it's yeah, just them fighting. I'm angry to this. (laughs) And uh, this is really weird. I had a moment reading this. There's a a panel where it shows them jumping over, like doing some parkour over the roofs. Mm -hmm. And it's like a little ghost image of them. Mm Mm-hmm. And I had like PTSD where that reminded me of a family circus. What? Like, because I like, remember like, don't, or I don't know or whatever. Like who did this? And they're like, I don't know. And it'd show like that old ghost kid walking out. And it says like, I, who did it on it? Or like, I don't know. That's that character. Do you remember that? Uh, family circus? The, 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 the Sunday comic strip? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember that. I remember oh, the, the see, comic strip. I don't remember those. I have a deep-seated hatred for Family Circus. Like, if, <laughs> like to to this day, like, I was so angry. And then it also, because it also reminds me of a Billy Path, which is the same, that's another Family Circus trope where it would show, like, the kid was coming, you know, he was, like, just supposed to cross the street, but then you'd see all the stupid shit he did along the way to make his journey, like, 50 times longer. But anyway. <laughs> okay, I don't see, I don't remember that. I know. <laughs> that's where that's, Dolly I'll, hit me back. I was so out of this issue that like it just left me hating Family Circus. But uh, it was a moment, like I said. I thought <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's the last thing I thought it would just remind you of is Family Circus. But then right then, right when you think you're going to get another page full of like spread crotches and side boob, uh, Jericho shows up and pulls Rose away and starts like carrying her up to their ship and they have a... Uh, it's like an optic blast moment. Like, you know, Cyclops' optic blast, but it's a green one, and it goes from Jericho into Rose's eyes, and it looks like it fucks them up both pretty bad, and he yells, Yarg! 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 Some kind of feedback. Yeah, so, and then it shoots into a flashback of uh, Jericho when he was younger with the house party that he threw to get in trouble. I think this is like going way, way, way back. I don't remember the part with Rose being in there. Did they show this flashback in, earlier in the series? Yeah. Like, this is vaguely this, familiar. This is the backstory of like, uh, there he threw that party just because he wanted to piss off his parents because they were both dicks. And then that night was when those terrorists showed up. I don't remember Rose being there and them saying all this, but I do remember that's when they took the kid hostage and it said call me destroy this is all like mm-hmm. this all happened already and then that's how he gets his throat slit because that guy tried to kill him and it was like that's when 
his wife finds out, you know, and that's what ends up in their divorce. That was like the whole downfall of like Deathstroke and his kids, right? Because yeah, because Rose wasn't around yet, wasn't she? No, and they murdered the other son. That's what it was. Like that's whose blood is on the wall. They call me Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. They they murdered the one son, took the other son hostage, and then they just took Rose away. I guess. But I don't remember that being in the original thing. But so. I don't know if it has something to do with the feedback. <clears throat> because Oh, maybe that's the part that's different, you're saying? Yeah, because they, they say it later that they shared... He said something about a dangerous mutagen capable of triggering uh, metagenes. And they, they both, he and Rose, have um, have uh, inherited it. Okay. That scientist says that, right? So there's something that... So my guess is Rose now is going to have some of these powers that... Um, Deathstroke inherited or got from Lex. Okay. So my guess is there's something like that's going to happen. That's what that is. Because at first when I read it, I'm looking like, what, the, what is he doing shooting in his face? And then when I reread it, I realize, oh, wait. Like I said, it's the feedback. It's something to do with the powers and the fact that they both have similar genes than Deathstroke. Okay. I like in the, this hallucination flashback that that guy's name still, like, he still pronounces his name wrong. <laughs> Jericho still says, Dr. Villain. Dr. Villain. <laughs> it's Villain. <laughs> it's Villain. It's French. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I thought that was funny. It's pretty so, funny. Yeah, he he uh, explains all that stuff that we talked about earlier about how Deathstroke was supposed to have these powers, but I guess not, and that's why he had this chip to like make them better. And now that's what's going on with Jericho. And uh, then it gets into a whole bunch of like science jibber jabber, like some really good stuff. Like if you're just like into comic talk like the gravity pocket Luther gave you is actually a quantum singularity a microscopic window into space time it has turbo charge with your telepathic ability psionics biokinesis energy manipulation your telekinesis can manipulate the singular gravitational strength trapping atmosphere within the force field allowing you to survive a fraction of supersonic speed even in the, spa- the vacuum of space so it's like whoa I know those words, but <laughs> that doesn't make any doesn't sense doesn't make any sense but it must be true <laughs> this works I like it's pretty good. Snyder does that a lot too. But yeah. Snyder makes up like a lot of words. This seems to be like a lot of real words that just get fit into like a, you know, a good uh, structuring. So he's falling, 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 and like goddamn, when he hits the ground, like I, they give, I, they picked completely wrong on him on a in my opinion. Womp. <laughs> you know, he fell like fifty feet out of the sky and like lands directly on his neck. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say that he should have <laughs> split, uh, cracked his neck right there. Like one hundred percent of his body weight is on his neck, and that's the first point of contact. But anyway, uh, Red Arrow snaps out of her hold, which means obviously he's unconscious or dead. But he wakes up right away and he's you know yelling for Rose because obviously he's with her, right? But uh. Then he goes back to Hussan. Hussein? Is it Hussan or Hussein? Yeah, I don't know. Hosen? Hosen? Hosen. Yeah, Hosen, his little, uh, the IT guy. And he's getting evicted. Or no, he got a job, a job offer, it looks like, at a game developer. You know, so he might be splitting out of town, it looks like. And this where it, it cuts to uh, Joseph and his fiance. And his fiance is like, dude, you, you blew yourself. <laughs> I'm not sticking around. You're weird. Like, <laughs> that counts as cheating. I totally look like Val Kilmer, but, you know, in that page right there where he's about to get his mind zapped, uh-huh. does he look like Val Kilmer a lot? Yes, he does. You might want, you could post that. <laughs> All right. Do, a, do an internet poll, Val Kilmer or no? <laughs> Val Kilmer or no. But it turns out, then you see uh, Jericho uses powers for evil where he, 
where his fiance was going to leave him. He changed, he zaps him in the eyes, makes his eyes glow. And then his fiance is all of a sudden is like, you know what? Actually, I do love you. You take all the time you need. I'm a wait right here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going nowhere. So that's kind of a glimpse into Jericho embracing the darkness. But, uh, then it goes back to Hosan into his room and bum, bum, bum. who's that Deathstroke. on the floor? Are you sure? I think so. Yeah. But who's under the mask? Deathstroke. Yeah, but who, that doesn't answer that question. Slade. No, it's not. It's bullshit. You don't think it is? No, why is there a Batman thing and why is there an arrowhead? Batman thing. Right there is belt. Huh. And why is there an arrowhead? Huh. I don't know. Is it- okay, and where's, and where's Rose? Gone. Oh, he's wearing a Batman cape too, by the way. That's like a Batman cape yeah. for sure. Okay. Where's Rose? You don't know. Rose is in the costume. Like you said, she got powers just like Deathstroke. And she's better now. And then that's going to be the Robin. Damien had to do. She's from the future. I'm putting this. I'm telling you right now. Damien had something to do with her father's death. And Red Arrow has something to do with her father's death. And now she's got a Batarang and an Arrowhead. She's got a Batman cape. Because remember when her and Batman had that moment? They See, they've talked. And she's from the future. Because if you go back to that Villains Month special, uh-huh. if you go back into all the redesigns, the first drafts of the new Villains for Villain Month, there's a Deathstroke Rose without this helmet. But she has that upper neck guard. And she has like sideways hair and she looks like she's been to the future. From Villains Month, you mean like years ago? No, no. There was that special issue that came out. I don't have my iPad with me. I can't. But remember, there's the Villain Month special before it all started. And there was like four teaser stories. Mm-hmm. And then they gave you like... That's when we oh, found yeah. out that they did the synopsis where it's like Alien Lex, and we're like, wait, we don't know that yet. No. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Uh-huh. They show a bunch of sketches of the first submitted drafts of what the new because they're saying all these villains are getting makeovers mm-hmm. for this month, and okay. the makeover the makeover of Deathstroke is this, but no helmet and it's Rose. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. I already saw that. I went back and looked at that because Ooh. I was like, why does... I was like, yeah. I was going to check that so, again. But why do you say she's the future? Because what else would... It, where else would she go? She went to the future now she's back. Why else would she already have all this Batman stuff and why would she look so different? That makes sense. Swords okay. and, and it's like, if you look at the other... If you look at the other suit, it looks super futuristic. Mm-hmm. Like in that issue. I don't have... Like I said, I, I'd look, I can't even look at it. I'd have it... Uh, my iPad's in the other room. I only have today's issues. So, hmm. yeah, good call. There. I don't, I don't think it's Slade. No, you're right. I know from from that you're definitely right. That's what's got to be. I missed the Batman symbol and like I said, it's the whole uh, cave and everything. Well, the first thing I saw was a Batman symbol, but it's on like a, a piece of string, just yeah. like that arrowhead. I thought it was he was wearing a bat, like a a utility belt, mm-hmm. but it's not. So, I don't know. I guess we'll find out in the next issue because it says, born again, guess who's coming to breakfast? So, yeah. So, here you go. And why would Slade show up to Hosan? Slade would go to Wintergreen. Yeah, just to change things up. Just to confuse the shit out of you. Confuse of us. I mean, it's just for us. We'll see. I'm almost like, I'm always wrong on these things. So, we'll see. We'll see next I'm month. I'm guessing you're right. Like I said, I completely forgot about that uh, Villains Month where they showed her that she was supposed to be changing. And it makes sense. Like I said, she's got the powers now. 
You got the juice now, Grandma. There you go. Definitely got to read the next one. Speaking of juice, have I got a story for you, Mike? Oh, do you? Yeah. Uh, So in this week's installment of Have I Got a Story for You, I want to go over a valiant book. And uh, the reason why I picked a valiant book is because I absolutely love Valiant. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's super neat. Uh, I always try to get you to read it. You did it for a little while. You're like, oh, I'll get on board. But you didn't keep up. Yeah, I don't know why. You're like, I like Marvel better for some reason. I don't know. But uh, no, uh, Valiant is another imprint outside of DC. It was a popular imprint i guess was it in the early ni- or the 90s in the 90s, the 80s? Hugely, po- hugely popular went out of business did it start in the 80s though or did it start in the 90s i don't know it might have been in the 80s okay well, either way it was a uh, it went out of business and then a bunch of fans mm-hmm. bought it and restarted it in like around 2011 and then uh the deal is it's a it's a self-contained universe it's just like a dc or a marvel where it's all happening in the same universe all the stories are connected but as we're DC or Marvel, you get 40 to 50 books a month. Valiant only puts out like four to six. And they all, they don't all connect at the same time, but all the characters kind of, all the stories have kind of connected to something before and all the characters. And then half of the stuff they release is in a mini, like a mini series format anyway. Like this one we're reading is only going to be five issues. So it's like a self-contained story. So half the stuff they're releasing are self-contained stories. And then even the other ones they release are larger. They don't go on for much more than 12 to 20 issues. They had EXO went on for 50. I think it was the longest one, but that was the only one they did. And that was awesome. At least the first, I read at least the first half of that and really liked it. Yeah, it's really good stuff. And it's like, it's, it's like, we'll get into this after we review this. It's like, it could be good and it could be bad for it. Because as we can discuss after this, if I get into this issue, but uh, I picked Killers number one, one because it's a number one, and it's the new uh, Ninjak book or Ninja K, as I don't know how you want to pronounce it, book. And uh, the cool thing about this, like I was just saying, I could explain it. Like this book, you could pick up and you could get into it. It's a self-contained story, but all these characters were introduced uh, about twelve issues ago in the. The last volume of Ninjak was about 14 issues, and these guys came out in issue three. Okay, that's what I was going to ask, because I read a, I read the first few of, of that Ninjak book. Cause that's the one where he had a fight. He fought all the um, old the old ninjas, yeah, yeah. A through yeah. K. Mm-hmm. But weren't they that's, older? That's where I'm lost. And they, meant, they well, make the mention here. Yeah, but this is... Uh, is this present time or back? In- no, this is present this is time. Present. But the thing is, yeah, but they're all like super ninjas, and they can like control their chi and stuff, so they can control aging. And I don't know. But that's, I was gonna, I was wondering if they explained that before this book, because I, I thought everyone he fought in that book was their proper age. Yeah, they were, but these people aren't that far back. This is only this is a J and H, right? Uh, I can't oh, remember G. exactly which ones they were. It's G and H, I think. Yeah, Ninja G. Yeah. It's, so it's her. Only three, it's only three ninjas back. 
So it's like she's from the nine. She was a ninja in the nineties. Because Colin Quinn's been a ninja K. He's he's like two thousand. He's present day two thousand seventeen. Mm. So it's not that far back. You're already trying to kill this issue. I mean, but yeah, they're they're proper ages. But yeah, they were in that. I'm not trying to before. kill the issue. I'm just trying to understand it. No. Well. Okay. I'm not okay. trying to kill it by any means. Mm. Yeah, just mm. trying to understand. Mm. Okay. No, yeah, they're their proper age, I believe. Okay. I don't think, because she's not that young, and that guy's not that young either. She looks like she's from the seventies, the way she dresses, with her like afro, and so I mean, what? She's in her fifties. You can't say a fifty-year-old woman can't kick somebody's ass. I never said that. <laughs> yes, they can. Everyone. Could well, she can because she she murders a few people in this issue. There's even this in open the book. This lady looks even older. She looks like she's in her fucking... <laughs> she's fucking some shit up. Oh, she's in the 70s for sure. She kills like four ninjas. <laughs> Two of them with her bare hands. So it's like, you know. Yeah, who are you to say? But she's... Well, that was her life partner as well. Because this book is very progressive. Either way. Uh, yeah, so it starts with Ninja G going to her house and finding her significant other being already murdered by... Uh, so obviously a hit gone wrong, right? She thinks the hit was for her. Mm-hmm. And so then it cuts to another ninja. I think that one's H, I want to say. And he's in Italy. And he's learning about the hit because that whole arc of Ninjak was basically all the ninjas prior to Ninjak were being hunted down and murdered if they weren't already. And he found out it was the Jonin which was like the trainer of all of them. For some reason, he's still alive. Like he's, that's where it gets into the craziness of, that's like the bleeding monk stuff and all that stuff, which is like even further back into Valiant. But yeah, that's what, so all so, these ninjas, so how did that they're end? like, it ended with uh, just that, that, well, it ended with Ninjak retiring. Oh, okay. So he's decommissioned. And so that's why it's jumping back to this now. So this is picking up the points of like, these are the other two ninjas that are still alive. Because ah, okay. it veered, that storyline veered a little bit. He ended up going like with the Eternal Warrior and fighting his enemy from like a bunch of books ago. The guy that would like was trying to, oh, it's really weird. I don't remember much of it either because it was also like a year and a half ago mm-hmm. that it started. And, uh, but it ended with them being decommissioned. I figure that's why it goes back to this because one ninjack isn't no more. And then it's picking up these loose threads of these guys still being alive and who's trying to kill them. And that's what this book's going to be about the mystery behind who's doing it because she thinks it's MI6 mm-hmm. and he's telling them, no, it's not. And then it goes back to Ninja G or H also getting a hit put out on him in a fish market. And it's uh basically ninjack is like if Batman was James Bond that's a good uh, comparison there. Like, I don't know if you ever, like, Ninjak is like, he's a ninja, but he's also the smartest person in the world. Like, how Batman, you know, like, he can think of everything. And that's what all these ninjas were basically trained to do. But they work for MI6. And so there's, like, this real super spy element to it all. And I think Valiant, all their comic books are, like, because Bloodshot, that's another character. That's kind of like, well, what if the Wolverine was more like Punisher, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> some guy that's, like, unkillable made by the you know a military experiment gone wrong but he believes like all bad guys need to die with a bullet to the brain and then exo is exo is kind of their standout you know almost 
unique character, I would say. A guy that has like an alien spacesuit that makes him like a guy from the ancient Greece or whatever has an alien spacesuit that gives him superpowers. But uh, he's kind of like Superman in a sense because he's like viewed as a god. So it's like every character they have is kind of familiar. And that's what I was saying. Like it can, it's so, they do such a good job at being a comic book that it, it's almost like it's a shame because like, well, it's just a comic book. Like at the end, like this is just really just a spy comic book, right? Just another mystery. There's nothing too special about it. I think that's like kind of where Valiant falls short is they'll give you, they'll give you what you want in comic books, a contained world, continued stories, stuff you can go back and forward and like dig around with and then like where it's very accessible, but then it kind of just ends up being corny and predictable at the same time. But, not for nothing. It's very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. In my opinion. It's but, good. Uh, no, I, liked, I liked it a lot. But this just basically, so the whole issue just, it introduces those two ninjas and that you think they're going to start working together to figure out who's coming after both of them. But it ends with them uh, turning on each other. Well, he turns on her. Yeah, he turns on her at the very end and throws her out a window. And that's and, where it's to be continued. And so he has powers here. He... He says something, well, and I assume that's Japanese. I'd say Chinese. Is it Chinese? Yeah. Okay. We'll go with that. In Chinese, and then he, um, uh, and he, so he says something, and a little spark goes on his head, forehead, and then he becomes invulnerable, right? Ha- well, uh, more like bulletproof skin, so like iron shirt technique. Because what they're talking about, this is where it gets all ninja status instead of like the 007 part, because like I said, they were all trained by the same guy, the Jonin, and he. he would find your natural chi. So what you, you have like a certain power inside you and he would figure out what that was. It's unique to everybody. And then he'd hone that for you and you'd study it. So like I said, for Ninjak, for Ninja K, it's his mind. He's like the ultimate. Ah, okay. uh, So he, that's what he honed. And then for this guy, it's this iron shirt technique. And then for Ninja G, I don't think they've explained what hers is yet. But they do explain that in this issue. And that's what... So everybody's like... Everybody that got trained got trained. So I don't know if you ever saw the movie uh, Five Deadly Venoms. Nope. The Kung Fu movie where it's like uh, scorpion style, toad style and all that stuff. And like this one guy trains all these people in the most deadliest arts. But they're all like trained in secret. And uh, because if 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 they all knew each other, then they could exploit like... There wouldn't be a balance of power. And that's kind of like the gist of this whole thing, the ninja side of it. And I think it's kind of cool. That's why, because I love kung fu movies and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I love spy movies. I love kung fu movies. So you give me like a spy kung fu comic book, I'm going to eat it up every time. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why I've got a story for you, Mike. Bam. That's it. Oh, and by the way, he's uh, Ninja J, Roger Thorpe. I was saying H the whole time, yep. wasn't I? What an idiot. Not an idiot. I'm just, uh, you were asking. Uh, you weren't sure who it was. Uh, Roger Thorpe and the GJ. The little girl. The little girl uh, points it out. Okay. And who sweet. is she? She is the Joan Inns right hand man. She's the one that's giving you all the information about. Yeah. Uh, oh, she's the daughter, she's daughter of the Joan Yeah. Let's see. Okay. Oh, she. There you go, Mike. Damn, we should have read this book before we talked about it. 
or a little bit better, the reason why she looks so young is because her special ability is to stay young. Yeah. Because she says, as you say, the Jonin is an extremely old man, which you can surely relate to on some level, being in an early 70s with the appearance of a woman half her age. My father taught you his technique. So she learned the ability to retain her youthful appearance. The other guy learned that iron shirt technique. Ninjak could use his mind. The Cold War guy was like some weapons super guy. So that's what like the whole background on all these guys are. Okay. So yeah, I wasn't sure where that dialogue was when we were talking about this earlier. Because I had because that's why I brought up. Are they all young? But she's young. The father taught that t- technique, and the other guy's power was uh, the iron shirt power. Okay, I got it mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and then if you see it, let's see. Valiant does the thing like I said. It's they give you a recap at the beginning. Like the next issue, it's going to have a recap page mm-hmm. of what's happened so far, and it'll probably even go back further. And then when you look at the back of their comics, it always has like all the books out for next month. And it's always like I said, this one's only one, two. This one you actually get eight books this week, but two of them are ending. I think. Yeah, Punk Mambo and Hadara are ending, which I can't believe you never stayed on that life and death of Toyo Hadara. That is wrapping up everything from like the beginning of Harbinger with that character and it's been amazing I don't know that next book's going to be super sweet so alright maybe I'll have to read them all I read the first one of Life and Death of that series oh okay yeah it's yeah you gotta read them all for sure was Pokemon any good? I haven't read it yet it's Colin Bunn and uh I was gonna wait till all five because I'm not a huge that's one of the magic books they have like I'm not a huge fan of the magic stuff so to read it from five months in a row would have been kind of tough so I was just going to wait till it all came out and try to read it all as a collected I think it'll read better but uh, Livewire it's been really good that spun out of the Harbinger War 2 and it's still going she got her own title so I don't know if you ever if you want to just get into comic books and you think DC or Marvel like there's too much wouldn't know what to do it's like it's too big. I'd suggest starting in Valiant. It's way more accessible. It has, like I said, it seems like it has like everything else. They have mutants. If you read the Harbinger stuff, like it's Psylords that's going on now. That's kind of like if you want X-Men style stuff. They got the sci-fi horror type stuff with the Hadara. They got more mutant kind of thing going on with the live wire. The ninja stuff, the spy, the... Oh, it was really good. So the future stuff with the Ray in the fallen world it's really good they always have a little bit of everything and it's really accessible really good to get into Bloodshot's coming back Tim Seeley's gonna be re- writing it Ooh. it's going oh Brett Booth on art it sounds like a DC book already right <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs> that's coming in September and uh I think Vin Diesel's gonna be Bloodshot in a movie yeah is that still okay. happening I don't know why don't you tell me Mike cause it's time for the news So for the news here, if, you, if everyone's worried about the uh, hour and 20 minutes this has taken, don't worry. It's not going to go much longer. We don't have the game this week. I was pretty Boo. lazy. I know. Hey, write in and tell me I suck if uh, if you uh, want more of those games. 
Well, if you ever deserve to give yourself a four-star review, <laughs> today's the day. There you go. Why is that? Oh, because I don't have that. I'm, no, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. That's going to be my review. <laughs> no, uh, no, game, no game this week. Yeah, four stars, no game. So anyway, right. <clears throat> so first thing is, on a sad note, the legendary comic artist Ernie Colon died. He wrote the Marvels, or he was an artist for Marvel's, uh, Marvel's Damage Control, DC's Amethyst Princess of Gemworld, which I know that you you bought every issue of when you were a, a kid in the 90s. I did. <laughs> he was an editor for, and he was an editor for Wonder Woman, Flash, and Green Lantern. So I'll be honest, I don't know who Ernie Colon was, but he was all over the news that he died, and I've heard of Amethyst Princess of Gemworld, which apparently was actually fairly popular back in the day. Well. R.I.P. Good old E.C. <laughs> good old E.C. We're going to miss the art you brought us. Uh, Literally, we missed it. What else do I got here? So if you uh, buy comics, especially Superman and Supergirl comics, uh, if you buy them for the covers, you better get out there to the retailers as soon as possible because uh, DC Comics is asking retailers to destroy co- the copies of Superman 14 and Supergirl number 33. Due to covers not matching the story, Dan DiDio has listened to our podcast and understand how much people hate uh, covers that don't follow the story. So they're telling retailers to burn all their copies. Is that real? Yes. Not the Dan DiDio but, part listening to us. Oh. He listens to us and emails me all the time, but you know, that's well, the no, story. Well, that, that was the only part I cared about. <laughs> Dan DiDio listens to us. <laughs> that's, that's, the only, that's the only way I could take it was that we talk about that all the time and now suddenly they're asking retailers to not only return them not only are they saying ah sorry we screwed up these covers they're t- asking them to destroy their covers those comics and they're going to send new ones well so they already have them or they're already out that's the thing it sounds like they they wrote these they wrote the books they got the books published they, they mailed them out and then realized oh no either they changed the story or what I don't know if they messed up or just went in a different direction and said, yeah, you got to destroy these. These covers don't belong with those books. And they're going to replace re- um, they replace them for the retailers for free, of course, which would be kind of crazy, I guess, if they just told them to destroy all the covers and later go, eh, <laughs> now it's on you guys. Buy more. Well, isn't that how they got their money back back in the day anyway? Story, well, like if there was the buyback program, you just send the cover back? No, you would tear the cover off and send the rest back, I think. Oh, it was, well... Either way. Or no, we already sell the cover back. Yeah, I don't know, something like that. It was so that, yeah, they could get the money back, but they want to make sure they weren't reselling them or something. Like, they're going to sell those on, that's going to be something on eBay, for sure. Well, that's just it. I'm like, I want to run to the uh, comic book store and go, hey, do you guys have these? What if it's like a, a, a disgruntled employee, like, drew a dick on it, like on uh, the, <laughs> the Little Mermaid, oh my God. you know? And that's what the real reason is. It's like, and then like on Supergirl's cover, like, you know, there's something even more scandalous, like. More than just side boob this time. It's like a full nipple or something. Oh, my God. I'm going to go tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. It's a good... it, it is very it's very curious. I've never heard of that happening before. Not that, you know, I'm all in on the workings of uh, comic books, but it's kind of crazy. That's good stuff. Um, oh, more about covers. The year of the villain acetate covers in November. The villains are going to take over the standard books, and they're going to have acetate covers for that entire month. So I'm going to have to go buy every single one of those. Uh, my friend is asking me, what does acetate mean? I mean, I know, but just explain it for my friend. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to ask, because I'm not sure. I think the acetate uh, covers, when I was reading it, I think they're the ones that are the uh, the clear plastic ones, but they have something written over it. 
because it's um it looks like it when I read it when I was reading more details about it it's going to be the cover where it's like the next, it's going to be episode issue of uh, Action Comics but it's it's called uh, Lex Luthor right and then Lex Luthor's on the cover but when you flip that over it'll be the normal cover underneath it oh so like you know in high school they had that picture of, oh well like I had this book and my dad gave it to me it was a uh, it was like ancient Rome like Italy and like so there was a picture like on a clear like the, there was a picture in the book of like what it looked like now the ruins mm-hmm. and then it had like a clear plastic with like the painted what it used to look like and you'd lay it over the top you could see like what the Colosseum looked like and you flip it open and see what it looks like now is that what you're talking about? yes I believe so that's how okay. I interpreted it and that's acetate that's what that's well, called? well acetate's you know plastic yeah right so uh, but I think that's what they're doing I think that's what they're doing See, and they say comics make you stupid, and it's not like I had to learn what the word lenticular meant, <laughs> there you and go. what the word acetate meant, just to figure out what kind of cover I could potentially buy. Well, we won't go into the chemistry of acetate. There's many different types of acetates, but anyway, in this case, I think it's that plastic cover. Sweet. And then uh, the last thing I have is uh, I, I guess sorry, I could have done a couple of these here, but uh, Jim Lee calls deep digital sales plateauing and disheartening. We need to reinvent what we are doing digitally. And um, so the whole thing was Dan, uh, Jim Lee and Dan DiDio had an interview with, I don't know, I forgot, one of the web pages, websites, or it might have been a convention. Uh, and Jim Lee was basically complaining that digital sales are flat, flatlined. And they said it should be the one space where they're supposed to be making more money. And I'm not quite sure where he's going with it because the DC Universe app is one that I've signed up for, and I absolutely love it. They've got, you know, 22,000 comics on there. I've read Alan Moore's entire Swamp Thing run, and I started from the beginning with, uh, shoot, I forgot who wrote it, Len Wein, the guy that created it. All right, so you could read almost any DC book that exists. I think Marvel has their own too, but, you know. Um, but he, so he says uh, the complete digital library on DCU is a part of that. So when I started reading that, I started getting worried that uh, they're going to say, well, because now we have all of our books on a subscription service, we need to uh, cancel it all. So I was starting to freak out, but I don't that know. Could be interp- that could be interpreted a million ways. You could say, okay, now that all our diehard fans that were buying back issues digitally, which they did, did they, they hardly offered up any. No, no, they did. Okay. So anybody that wanted back issues digitally, they've been appeased by being offered this subscription service at a year ago. So everybody that was going to get in has. Like, do you think you're... I don't think they're saying digital sales based on that because nobody's buying that to read current books. It's six months behind current. You know what I mean? They don't put new stuff on there. Yeah, they're even so, a year old. So to, to my interpretation is current digital books. Like people aren't buying enough. That's plateaued. Like just like it had, like that's found its niche now. Anybody that wants to read current books now digitally, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. So they're saying like new people aren't coming to books. And if they think, to me, it sounds like they're just going to try something new with a digital book now. Like, they're going to be like, where they tried, here's a moving panel, and we'll put some sound in there, and the Joker's mouth will move when he laughs now. And it's like, if they start doing that bullshit because that's how to boost sales, I don't, it doesn't sound like, that's what I'm, they're, they're so ambiguous. Even when you get a CEO of the company talking and giving you information, in the comics industry, it seems everything is so shrouded in mystery anyway like they don't give you real numbers they don't give you anything they just say like oh our numbers are flat and uh 
are digital sales and it's like you're sitting here that's why i don't read the news because like you're sitting here like what digital sales are you talking about there's like 14 different kinds of digital sales and they don't emphasize what they're actually talking about yeah I and mean, that's exactly right and they're constantly complaining about the comic industry dying but it's been around for what you know longer than 80 years but superheroes have been around for 80 years <clears throat> is it really dying you can never tell and like you said it's it's all the digital sales are even worse than regular at least with um the physical copies, you can at least get what Diamond sells, because those numbers are fake too. Because it's only what di- you know what the retailers buy, not what who buys it from the retailers. But with digital, they show nothing. So I don't know. I almost don't believe it at all. Even those numbers are like when the FBI like gets like a whole bunch of mm-hmm. cocaine in a truck, and they're like fourteen billion dollars worth of cocaine <laughs> and it's like what are you talking about like yeah if you sold them all as nickel bags but like really that's only like you know uh-huh. a couple million well yeah. yeah they do they, they inflate all the numbers to make them look good but then it's really like well, I don't know. well it's analogous to the whole uh netflix thing and be you know all the net- broadcast stations get pissed off uh, netflix never tells us our numbers netflix is like why would i and like why did you put on like netflix they're so stupid they're paid for fuller house and it's like are you kidding me Nostalgia is a huge thing, and I'm sure they knew what they were doing. People were watching that. You know what I mean? So, but they just don't release the numbers. And with digitally, you they like I said, they don't release the numbers. So who knows how much they're actually selling? And in that article, he went a little bit um, further in saying we got to figure out a way to reach more people. One of the things with DC Universe is the community section, and they've got the DC Daily TV show where it's a bunch of people talking about DC Comics. It's basically advertisement for all the DC comics and stuff but it's pretty good some funny stuff on there but they'll interact with you all the time online and so Jim Lee mentioned some stuff like that trying to reach more people that way so who knows but I definitely suggest if you want to read old books old DC books or even Marvel Marvel Unlimited uh, the DCU app is the way to go or go through your local library like we did or you can do that it's hard to get. And as soon as you get caught up, then they release them all digitally to you, and you're like, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> yeah, exactly. So much easier. <laughs> Good stuff. Anyway, all right. Well, hopefully, I'll tune in next week where uh, we'll find out more stuff about things. Do you want to go over uh, where they can contact us? Uh, yeah, Instagram. What is it? F- at. Well, I guess Instagram at four number four color us. Or if you just search for four color ultrasounds, all spelled out, and then like, oh okay, sweet. And then email, it's the number four color ultrasound at gmail dot com. Please send me mm-hmm. emails. I'm lonely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or not, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. <laughs> but no, really, so we'd like to know if anybody's listening. <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, email. Uh, you can find us on Apple, Google. Spotify, follow us on our RSS feed, on cassette, I don't know, look for stuff, find it, if you already did, if you're already hearing this, you already found it, so what am I telling you to do, I don't know, anyway, that's enough for tonight, good night Mike, good night DJ.